All right, guys. Welcome back to Welcome Home Lake Norman. Um, I apologize we skipped a week, but you know what? You probably didn't even notice, but if you did, thank you. But today we got uh, we got David Cobble. saying that nobody listens to us? No, they listen. They yeah. listen. I got yeah, messages okay. left and right. I can't believe you didn't podcast last week. I blame you. You were too busy soaking in the LSU-Alabama victory for your Tigers. Now, we're not going to go there because you, that, there's a lot of Alabama fans that listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, you said the two-week rule, so you're not going to gloat yet. You've uh, got a, you got got a, a few more days. A couple more days. Do Alabama fans know how to listen to podcasts? Oh. <laughs> oh, careful man. now, careful now. That Sorry. is rough. That <laughs> is rough. Uh, SEC etiquette. You don't call uh, any of your buddies that went to Alabama. Have you called? Two the, weeks. Who no, was the guy no, that I, called I, you? Well, he called me the day of the game. And but that's he, another rule you don't do. Yeah, and you haven't called him yet. No. Have I won't you texted do it. him? No, I won't do it. Two weeks after. Are I you can, gonna? Do you have course, it on your list? Of course. After two weeks, I can call him. <laughs> oh, this you is know. gonna be good. I can't wait to hear this this phone call to your your buddy. Please do it on speaker in the office. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Well, you did. The, it's just gonna be about a bunch of bad calls and. Uh, yeah, he's gonna blame you know, you know two wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah, quarterback wasn't hundred percent. That's I get it. Well, so I don't know how we got off on this, but anyway, yes, yeah, I was we, busy last week. <laughs> we have a guest today, and that is David Cobble, who is you're a local politic connoisseur. That's a <laughs> that's probably the best intro you're going to get. But that's probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he's real big into local politics, and so we wanted to bring him on. We just had the mayor elections, um, local county election, or not county, local elections here. Um, for mayor, we had a school board. So just kind of talking about the repercussions of what happens during local politics. We've got upcoming county elections coming up. So our goal with this is to get you to go out and vote. That's really the main objective because it affects you so much. So, David, tell us about who you are, first off, and, you know, this isn't like a normal day job for you. So, like, what do you do? No, yeah, the, um, the whole politics thing really uh, got involved in uh, 2011, really. I ran for school board uh, sort of just out of the blue. Um, I, it was a uh, it was something I'd thought about doing for a while. I had young kids inside the school district, so I ran for school board, lost uh, to uh, three incumbents, lost fairly convincingly, uh, <laughs> over 100 and some odd votes, which in a local elections is pretty pretty decent amount. But then uh, I came back again and 2013, ran for commissioner at large in Mooresville, was fortunate enough to be elected that, uh, served a four-year term with that. But um, unfortunately, I had changed jobs, so I couldn't run for re-election. Uh, my company felt it would be a conflict of interest because they did do business with Mooresville. Mm. So um, I wasn't allowed to run again. But since then, I'd, I'd always got involved in a lot of local political stuff um, and uh, helped, you know, uh, got involved with the 2014 school bond that Iredell County passed um, a few years back. And then after I got out, I started helping with local campaigns. I was fortunate enough to help with uh, Vicki Sawyer's campaign and most recently uh, with the mayor's campaign. So I, it, local politics has just been sort of a hobby of mine. I got, I got into the political junkie things very early on in my life. Uh, when I was seven years old, it was 1984, and uh, I wanted to uh, stay up to watch the presidential returns of uh, Mondale and uh, Ronald Reagan. If this is a sore spot for you, Ben. I, I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> oh, but, uh, but I, I, Actually, I, back then, I was... Uh, <laughs> 
back then, Ben didn't even know what was going on. Uh, but um, but no, I'd, I'd convinced them because really my ulterior motive was I really thought I'd get to stay up late. And so mm-hmm. they agreed to let me stay up. But by about 9 o'clock, it was pretty much evident that uh, Ronald Reagan was cruising to a, a 49-state landslide. So, But just kept in it uh, since then. But just have always felt like that local politics. I, I, I've always found it interesting because municipal elections, especially here in Mooresville, generally get you the lowest turnout of any election. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is because it's off years um, and, you know, an odd-numbered years uh, so, when we have municipal elections. So basically the... I am a probably one of the least political people. Like I have zero political knowledge. So can you define some of these words? Municipal, uh, incumbent, like some of our listeners, I hope they're more educated than me on this, but like I, I feel like I'm relatively educated, but I don't know what these mean because I it's not something I pay attention. My hobby is not politics. No, understand completely. <laughs> so when I talk about a municipal election, we're talking about city election, gotcha. town elections. Um, in Mooresville, that will uh, get you the mayor's race and generally three board members. The mayor in Mooresville is elected every two years. Uh, folks on our town board are elected every four. And so they're staggered terms. So every year you will have three, every um, every other year you will have uh, three commissioners and the mayor up for uh, re-election in a municipal race. Hmm. Uh, that also encompasses our school board elections as well. Um, even though they're not technically municipal, uh, you know, because our our, our school districts are county uh, governed. Um, they're still on those um, odd numbered years um, election cycles. So, um, and in general, those are the least turnout that you will get. Um, most people come out and vote for their congressmen and their senators. They'll obviously always come out to vote for president. But municipal elections are always interesting because you rarely get a large turnout um, for those, especially lately. But municipal government and local government has by far the most impact on your life uh, than any other elections. And that includes state and federal elections. So, you know, we're talking about these percentages. What percentage just came out to vote to vote for the most recent election here in Mooresville? So if anything about that, we had the highest number of people ever to come out for a municipal election during this election. A little over 3,000 people, almost 3,400 people uh, came out to vote in this election, but it only represented 12% of the eligible population. Mm. So to give you an example, in 2009, uh, there were about 10,000 registered voters within the corporate limits of Mooresville um, in the town limits. Um, by uh, this year, we're um, close to 30,000. Wow. So we have tripled in just um, in just at 10 years, yet wow. turnout remains fairly low. The highest turnout we've had in the last decade uh, was in 2011. We had 25% turnout. Wow. Um, and that was still under uh, 3,000 people. That was around 25, 2,600 people. Is a wow. is a percentage of voters growing or declining? I know we had the biggest turnout, but what was that the percentage uh, of the turnout based on the number of the voting population. So we had about 12% of eligible voters okay. come out for this special election. It, what was it in the past? Um, the um, It has been as high as 25% um, back is in 2011, 21% in 2009. But in the last three municipal elections, we've barely cracked 10%. Mm-hmm. So we went up a little bit. So but we're doing a little better, but... Exactly, but still nowhere near. You know what's amazing about that? That's not very many people, it turned out. That's crazy. Here's a question that I got and saw a lot. Why, like, we live over here, but, like, we couldn't vote. Why can't people that live over on this side vote? You know, where, where's those restrictions voting on some of this stuff? No, absolutely. And that is a, it's, um, a lot of, you'll hear a lot of people say, I have a Mooresville address. Why can't I vote in exactly, the Mooresville election? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, because you're not inside the corporate limits of Mooresville. You've not been annexed into Mooresville. Now, yeah. if you would like to double your taxes, you can go to town hall and get an annexation <laughs> form and and be yeah. accepted. And you're more than welcome to vote in the Mooresville town elections. But it's because even though you have a Mooresville um, address, you are not inside the incorporated limits of Mooresville. So you don't get to vote on the, uh, the 
the town council uh, elections or and if you're not in the Mooresville graded school district you don't get to obviously vote in those yeah, elections. Yeah, I saw that either. question a lot online because I do online stuff. So I mean, I just saw a bunch of people asking, you know, I wanted to go out and vote and I got turned away. Like that's that's, you know, BS. Well, you might not know why, and here's mm-hmm. a really good explanation why. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. If you, a, good, a good way to, to note it is if you're on well and septic, for example, mm-hmm. you're not inside the Mooresville city limits. If, gotcha. you're, um, if, you, um, if your sanitation is private as opposed to the town coming and doing it, you're not inside the uh, city limits. If your fire department is a volunteer fire department as opposed to a municipal fire department, you're not in the town limits. This is like the political version of you might be a redneck if. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you might exactly. live on Brawley School if. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, that's some really, really educational things. So here's another thing that we as voters or, well, should be voters that don't want to pay the extra taxes. What we should know is why does local politics impact our life so much more than general election? Why should we be going out and voting more than, I mean, we should vote for everything, but why is it so much more impactful for voting for local government versus federal government? Oh, absolutely. And so what the way I like to put it is, is if, you know, if you're a, a, a local in, uh, a voter inside the municipal limits of Mooresville, right, uh, the town of Mooresville um, controls your police, your fire, your sanitation, your water, your sewer, your property taxes. All of those things combined are part of um, what the Mooresville city government oversees. They oversee zoning. They oversee, um, you know, zoning and residential development, commercial development. All of those things come through the city government. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this past election, there were a lot of people, you know, who were concerned about growth um, in Mooresville. You know, you know, there's too much growth, not enough growth, what have you, depending on what side you were on. All of those things are controlled inside the Mooresville city limits and by your Mooresville town board. And so the, your daily commute and the traffic you encounter, your property taxes that you pay, whether or not your garbage gets picked up on time, whether or not how quickly the police and fire respond to you, all of that is local government. When you get up into the state and the federal levels, it doesn't drill down to you as much, right? You may think, I mean, how often does, uh, you know, North Carolina, for example, here lately, the biggest impact you'll see is, you know, they fund schools, obviously, but here locally, we fund schools as well, not Mooresville City, but the Iredell County does, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. funds our school system, runs our school systems. And so, and school boards, you know, manage our school systems as well. So these local races have far more impact on you than your state and your federal governments, mainly because federal government, state government are so huge mm-hmm. and cover so much outside of maybe your property taxes or your income taxes in North Carolina and then the fed, at, at the federal level, your income tax rate, mm-hmm. unless you consume a lot of federal services, unless you consume a lot of state services, not a whole lot that goes on at the state level really impacts your day-to-day life. Gotcha. Whereas in municipal elections, county elections, school board elections, decisions made there can impact your everyday life. That's a do. very, very good explanation. So when you're getting things impacted day-to-day, that's because of local. When it's, you know, kind of a year-to-year thing, that's more of the state level. Absolutely. Yeah. Very interesting. So a big learning issue, so much. Uh, the big issue is roads. Always roads, not enough. And so, who controls it? Um, the majority of our roads are state-controlled roads. Um, they are um, our major arteries, highways, 150, 21, 115, 801, all state-controlled roads. And the way the state, um, and I believe the mayor may have mentioned this when he was on your podcast a few weeks back, when the the state doesn't come out and improve a road until the road's broken. 
That's mm-hmm. not they, they don't preemptively uh, fix roads in anticipation of growth. They used to. That's why you have those beautiful four-lane highways going <laughs> down east towards the beach with yeah. nothing around them. Mm-hmm. The, uh, there was a lot of po- uh, political control down east um, way back before road uh, really got data-driven and road construction was data-driven. Um, it was based on political power. So they build these long, big roads, beautiful four-lane roads. We want roads. people coming to the beach. Exactly, coming to the beach. And also we want industry down east mm-hmm. um, as more rural North Carolina, as you know, tobacco went um, south and, you know, farming had started to go south agriculture not not as near as big as what it used to be the idea was build these roads down there you'll get industry down there because of transportation because companies major look when they look at a location to um, headquarter they're looking at transportation well that has now changed because transportation's gotten to the point where you can get transportation most anywhere. Right. Now when companies come and they're locating to an area, the first thing they look at is workforce. Mm-hmm. Is there the workforce there to sustain us if we happen to move there? So it's one of those things where um, for the road construction, things like that, it has to. you have to get development. You have to get growth. You have to get the road broken before the state throws any money at it. Now the town of Mooresville has put money into state roads because it's been necessary and it's been needed and the state has said that's not a priority. It doesn't score well enough. A lot of people don't realize our regional um, road network is all based um, sort of as a, as a conglomerate, if you will, of representation from Charlotte, from Mooresville, some Huntersville, Cornelius, Matthews, Mint Hill, all have representation in what we call um, sort of a central transportation authority. And uh, Charlotte has well over 40% of the votes for that. Oh, so they course. really control really where your road funding Just goes. Li- little Mooresville t- doesn't control very much. Exactly. Mooresville's, you know, definitely the one vote, whereas, you know, Charlotte's probably carrying, you know, five and six votes, depending on, you know, the size of the, of the organization to, at any particular moment in time. But the state doesn't come in unless the roads break. Yeah, but just recently, I mean, we got a lot of money to come in and fix these roads up. Absolutely. How did that happen? Um, well, that was a federal grant. Uh, you're talking about the $13 million for mm-hmm. um, what's ultimately going to go through Langtree Road uh, for ultimately the east-west connector. Something that's been on the books for Mooresville for the better part of 10 years, trying to get that money. And it, we had tried to do, we've, we, there was a conglomerate and a partnership developed between local government, uh, the city, the county, and the d- people who own the land out there and developers. But putting in a road network costs a lot of money. And so even if everybody's putting in a little bit, there's still a huge portion that has to be made up. And so this was a, a federal build grant that Mooresville had applied for multiple times, making the case that, look, this is a huge economic development driver. It's a huge um, commercial bringing industry, bringing jobs. And we finally got to the point where um, through, you know, with help from, uh, you know, Senator Burr, Senator Tillis, um, you know, Transportation Transportation Secretary Chow, and all the hard work that the mayor especially and Commissioner Lisa Qualls put in, um, and Senator Ricky Sawyer, Senator uh, Representative Fraley, this was an entire team effort to bring that $13 million. And it is a total game changer. That area um, where the East-West Connector is going to go represents a billion dollars in development. And when you talk about tax rates and how much tax revenue, that's where your bread's buttered. Um, you know, for every 50 cents Mooresville collects um, in residential taxes, they expend a dollar's worth of services. For every dollar they collect in commercial taxes, they expend 50 cents in services. So commercial pays the freight. Mm-hmm. Mooresville hasn't raised its tax rate in it's over like, 12 years. It's like what I call yeah. college football is the one that gets the revenue for the rest of the sports. The other sports couldn't function without football and basketball because they're the revenue generators. Exactly. So it's kind of the same thing with the corporate style. The corporations get the revenue, and then we're able to help the rest of the people because of that. So if you want to pay less in taxes, you need more. You do. 
You absolutely, you need more business and to get more business, yeah. you need more people and to get more people, you need um, good schools. And so it, 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 it's, it's the circle a, it's of a, life. It's the circle of life. It really yeah. is. And if you think about local or, you know, smaller road improvement projects, developers coming in, they'll kick in for that. You know, that's, well, they have to, yeah. and it's it's law that they have to. That's one of the interesting things that um, a lot of people don't realize is developers are required to mitigate the traffic they cause. Uh, they don't; they're not required to mitigate if stuff's already broken. But if a res, you know a commercial development's coming in, residential development's coming in, they are required by state law to do what we call a traffic impact analysis. And an engineering firm comes out; they do traffic counts, they review the roads, they see what's going on, and then they recommend. Um, the improvements that are necessary and the developer is required to do those. So if you want improvements at an intersection, sometimes the best and easiest way <laughs> get to get business. that, get a business, <laughs> exactly. you know, get like, a development. You know, like uh, we were all afraid of Costco and what was going to happen there, but every time I go through there, it's great. Yeah, well, I mean, that you know, intersection you get is so through nice. there I don't know. You used to go. Yeah, I don't know what it used to be, but now it's fine. Yeah. Well, it's hard to remember now. Well, I, it's so we, much we also didn't live up here then. Oh, it yeah, wasn't something that we were going through. You know, people yeah, were but, suffering you know, for All the communities years. I've lived in over the years, and, it, you know, it, it always, the, the infrastructure and the roads always are lag behind Absolutely. development. I mean, who, what city have you ever seen that was ahead on that? <laughs> it's just not. You don't move in and be like, man, the roads here are awesome. awesome. <laughs> it's not. No, you it's know, not. you got to have the development. But I, I really feel good about the plan. I know we're going to go through some growing pains. We talked to the mayor a little bit about that over the next couple of years uh, as we improve the the road system throughout Mooresville, but I think it's going to be great once we get there. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, there's over yeah. $600 million worth of road improvements. Coming and so how did area. that money come to be? Um, it has been slated over, I mean, it comes uh, every year, the transportation, regional transportation plan is reviewed. And so um, we as a town submit um, recommendations for projects of where we need um, money coming in. And so those come in, they're scored uh, by the transportation authority. They're voted on by the transportation authority. They're submitted to DOT. DOT reviews them and then they fund them. But it is a multi-year process. Um, I mean, for example, the new exit 38 um, that has now actually been funded. You know, we're going to have an exit. So we're actually going to have it. We're going to have it. It's, oh. it's been it's been scored. It's That's been what, approved. Cornelius Road? Exactly, now, yeah. Cornelius Road. Now, now I heard that back in 89. Exactly. Exactly, but now it's <laughs> I had but, hair back but then, now man, it's I mean, funded, and, and so it's on the. But Ben was right in that jazz. It's not on the. Uh, it's to-do something that's been talked about since 1989, and now we're in 2019, and it's finally happened R- because everyone is competing for the same pot of money, and so getting road improvements through, and, and the pot of money is limited every single year. You see, you probably read about mm-hmm. issues DOT is having right now. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're overspending. They're out of money between hurricanes and right of way acquisitions and lawsuits, um, but multiple projects are pushed back two years because they can't afford to fund them on that timeline. So everybody's competing for the same amount of money. So that's why this process is so long, so long and takes so long. So we're funded. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. On it's, all this, pro, all these projects. So it is, it, that is committed funding over $600 million. Wow. Committed well, hats off to whoever pushed that and, and made it happen because that's fantastic. Absolutely. That seems like a 20 year process. Yeah. At least. Does anybody else <laughs> I mean, feel like we're kind of talking to Chris Carney a little bit? <laughs> Like the passion is there, you know. Chris Please. Carney wishes well, he had this much passion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna text him right now. Yeah. Please do that because I, I know Chris. Chris is a person. He's a recovering. He he's a that. recovering town commissioner as well. He is a recovering town commissioner. As yeah. Well. Recovering recovering state senator as well. Yeah. 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 We'll we'll have to make sure He'll he never listens fully to this recover. one. Never. 
We'll no. make sure he listens to this one for sure. <laughs> any any shout out to Chris Carney, we'll let him know. Oh yeah, he'll love that. He'll love it. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's afraid of the this uh, the road improvement and right turn in and right turn out and all that. But you know, we all sat there and watched Brawley School Road. Uh, well, we sat there actually sitting in traffic. Literally barely. sat there watching it. <laughs> and we were afraid that it wasn't going to be enough, or it was going to be a real pain to turn right and and go around and make U turns. It hadn't been. Mm-mm. Yeah. It, it's been great. How you uh, live down there? So, like, w- before the Brawley improvements, how long would it take you to get home? Are you kidding me? Is that why you work till like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night? That's never gotten over. It. That still didn't help. You know, really? the Williamson Road to turn left onto Brawley from Williamson. Um, I would wait probably four changes of the light. Really? Yeah. So it would take you probably 30, 45 minutes to get yeah, home. Yeah. And so now it's what, and, 15, and to 20? And here was worse in the morning because, you know, when it was two lanes, it was just crazy. Wow. So, so you basically it cut your... It took me 30 minutes to get my kids to elementary school. At which is Heights, on the way. And I live like two miles, yeah. three miles away. So you cut crazy. your travel time literally in half. Oh, yeah. My wife came home the day that it was open and she walked in the house and she goes, oh, my God, that was life-changing. <laughs> I remember that because for me that was really, 485. When 485 did that cuz we lived on like right where it wasn't finished mm-hmm. and as soon as we could get on there I'm like I just got to North Lake in like 8 minutes. Oh, and it used to take crazy. 40 minutes cuz we had to go through university. So my it, wife Angel said now we've got so much more time to gather to talk. <laughs> oh yeah. And, you know, so share she's like, with each other. Can you go back to how our day was? <laughs> so she's like, "Okay, could we figure out how to make these roads worse cuz this is too much bend." Where's the oh, undo we need button? some more development out here. <laughs> so David, we've got some other things coming up soon. What are some of the upcoming political things in this area? Yeah, well, what can people in Mooresville vote on next year? Uh next year the people in Mooresville are going to have a lot to vote on. Mm-hmm. Uh they're going to have a presidential primary, presidential general, uh senatorial primary, senatorial general, uh, new congressional maps. So they'll have uh, a new congressman uh, to vote for right now, looking like Patrick McHenry, the way things are currently drawn. Uh, Patrick actually had Iredale County for a number of years before the last redistricting took place. Um, I'm sure that there will be lawsuits um, for the latest congressional maps that are drawn. But right now, uh, it looks like Patrick McHenry will be coming through. Uh, They also have, um, there'll be a bond referendum on the primary ballot this year, a school bond referendum for uh, some school construction projects here in Iredale County. And then you've got the uh, county commission race uh, will also be on the ballot. State Senator uh, Vicki Sari will be up for re-election. Uh, John Fraley as well and um, Representative uh, Jeff McNeely um, up in the north end of the county uh, is running in his first election. He was appointed to replace Rena Turner uh, a few months back and he'll be running in his first election. So pretty much every major office is on the ballot uh, this coming year. A lot to learn about. Yeah. Can you explain the difference uh, for the people that a lot of people don't vote in the primary. Mm-hmm. You, you don't tell- have to look at me when you're saying explain the difference. <laughs> I'm going to get it one day. Just trying to help you. Uh, why is that important? Um, here's what I will tell you. Iredell County is a Republican county. Um, Democrats, historically, sorry, Ben, uh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't win I'm here. I'm independent. <laughs> well, sorry, independent. Ben but votes for makes them feel independents good. Independents don't win here either, unfortunately. <laughs> but no, Arnold County is a red county. And um, the primary, if you want to know who's going to sit on your county commission, you need to come out and vote in the in the uh, primary. And a lot of people in Arnold County have come to realize that. you've seen a, We have seen the largest growth in the independent voter um, in Arnold County than any other political party. And that's mainly because... Um, 
um, as an independent, you can pull a Democratic or Republican ballot in the primary. So people in Iredell County, a number of people have realized if I want to really have an impact, I got to pull that Republican primary ballot. That's just that's just the way it goes in Iredell County, locally speaking. Um, so really, it's it's an interesting dynamic uh, because we are such a red county um, that really the the primary is when most of your local elections are decided uh, because when they go on to the general ballot and it just doesn't happen that a, a, a typically a, a Democrat just doesn't get into office. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's I'm learning so much. Like I'm back at school and right the time, now. Yeah. And the time frame that's usually what a couple months before the general election, how far in advance does that happen? Uh, so the primaries are in March and then the generals are in November. And that's to allow enough time. Uh, there's some times where you'll see a need for runoffs. Um, we don't really have um, any type of mechanism in that in Iredell County, fortunately, but there are other areas that if a candidate doesn't get a certain percentage of the vote, they have to go to a runoff. Um, so right now in the um, in for our state races, that's still the case. It used to be 40% of the vote you had to get um, in order to avoid a runoff, and that's if you have three or more candidates running for a specific office. Um, in, uh, in our state elections now, I think they can get to 30%, and then they go ahead and they pass on through it. In multiple candidates so um, and then if they get above 30 it's whoever got the majority of the 30 so but that's to allow for runoffs that generally will take place in I think the July time frame and then the general election is in uh, November well mm. it seems like it's easier than ever now to register to vote Oh, it's extraordinarily easy. Um, there are parties doing voter registration drives all the time. Um, you can go up um, to the Statesville Board of Election any day and register. And then as and you can actually register day of. We have, I think we have same-day registration now in North Carolina. Um, That's can, huge. It's huge. Um, if you don't know if you're registered, you can go into a polling location the day of, cast a provisional ballot. Um, if you don't know if you're registered in that specific place, they don't have you on record, they'll let you cast a provisional ballot so that it can be researched later. It's it's easier now to vote than it has been in a long time. Now, you might, you know, it's, it's you know, easy as a matter of perspective, depending on right. what side of the aisle you sit, obviously. But um, it's, you know, between early voting, um, one-stop voting, and um, mail-in absentee ballots, day of the um, day election voting, it's easier and more convenient now to register and vote than it's ever been. Mm. So outside of politics, this, I mean, you are, you, you like politics. I do. But outside <laughs> of that, who's this David Cobble guy? What do you guys do? Um, well, he is, um, he's, <laughs> he's no one of any consequence uh, or anything like that. You'll tip the, the, if you want to run into him generally, you know, a couple nights a week at uh, Epic is probably where you'll finally find me. Cause I meet a lot of friends and everything out of good there. man. But, then. but uh, you know, um, <laughs> I moved get that to, bar menu. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. I, actually, it was there before I came here. Steak on a stick. One of the best things you can get. But um, I, um, I this moved is a man to, in my heart. <laughs> I moved here. At yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know about that bar menu. It's great. It's they serve it up until what? Six o'clock. Six until six o'clock, yeah. and then it comes back on at nine. You got it. Well, you forget about that. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. before six, I mean, it's really good. Yeah. They got great, all kinds of stuff they don't have on the regular menu. Yeah, yeah but you have for, to leave the office before we need to get yeah. Epic on here. <laughs> yeah, we need oh, to absolutely. get them on here and bring a sample platter of meat. I think that's exactly what you should do. <laughs> are, are we just trying to get a free meal? I am. <laughs> I got to get something out of this. Come on. <laughs> but now, to answer your question, I moved here in uh, in 2001. My uh, got, I graduated from UNC Charlotte, met my wife there. Um, we actually found Mooresville by accident. The only thing I knew about Mooresville back then was that Dale Earnhardt lived here. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I really knew about it. And then we were actually at the Renaissance Festival, believe it or not, and there were signs uh, for a development called Curtis Ponds and, you know, homes from the 120s. And that was about our top of our price <laughs> range like at sold. that time. So we went down Shiloh, Odell, Highway yep. 3, and found, and we had to actually ask the guy, where are we? 
And he said, you're in Mooresville. <laughs> and so one of the things my wife said when we were looking for a house, uh, her criteria was had to have good schools and I had to be able to hear crickets at night because she grew up in Mount Airy, North Carolina. Mm. Um, and so we I could like definitely that. hear, we could That's definitely clean. hear crickets out here. So Surrey moved County, here in 2001. Mm-hmm. Yep. Surrey County. So we moved here in 2001, lived here ever since and uh, love the community. Have seen, you know, when I first moved here, you could go down to Main Street on a Saturday and you needed to, you know, tumbleweeds just mm-hmm. flying through everywhere. Nothing was happening in downtown Mooresville. And, you know, on this side of town, there wasn't a lot going on either. Yeah. And to see the growth and everything like that that's happened since 2001 There's just so much to do now. Like, you know, we, we come from kind of the university area, the Charlotte area, and, you know, we would go up to Noda quite a bit, Plaza Midwood, and that's where we had to go. And now it's like, more, we, we don't, don't need to, have to leave. Yeah, there's so much anything. going on on the weekends. I mean, I like it because it usually ends a little earlier than Charlotte. So I'm in bed by 10, maybe nine. But, you know, we can get a lot of nice things. There's a lot of fun things to do. There's the town's always putting something on. And oh, so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's a baby Charlotte and it's starting to it's starting to get more and more modern, I, I guess, is the best way to put it, because there was a lot of uh, kind of not it's kind of like old school stuff where it was like well you know people my age don't really want to see it maybe the older people want to continue going to it but you know now you're starting to get like the art festivals coming in you're starting to get music and and stuff like that and i'm like I'm I'm cool. I can I can hang out here forever. Absolutely. No, yeah. it's it's interesting because it's interesting you say that because when we moved out here, you know, there wasn't a lot for us to do. We still went back to Charlotte mm-hmm. for a lot of our social um, gathering, everything like that. And it's been you know over the last several years with everything to do. I mean, between you know. The food the trucks now. The, the food yeah, trucks. I mean, music good, on yeah. Main. Langtree yeah. had their tree lighting um, mm-hmm. last weekend. I mean, there's something going on every single weekend. And right. you, there's no need to leave Mooresville, which I, I I protest having to leave Mooresville. My wife, you know, we go out to eat. Oh. My wife's always like, well, let's go somewhere outside Mooresville. I'm like, no. Right. I'm not. Well, we we did the same no. thing. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. I, I don't need to. Any, I mean, if I want a great Italian meal, I can go get Italian. I can go get steak. I can go get Mexican at multiple places. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, there's really nothing that I need that I can't get in Mooresville. Right. So I'd I pretty much choose way. to stay put. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's uh, we, we we go through the same thing. We're like, hey, let's go to Davidson and get that, our, you know, our favorite place. Uh, it's kind of far. It's, it's 15 it's, minutes down yeah, the road. It's we're, not far at all, but we'd rather stay here. Yeah. So kind of the way we end our shows every time is the future. What do you foresee the future of this area? Um, you know, honestly... Um, you know, this may irk some people, but the growth train is not going to stop. No. Um, it's it's going to keep going. But Mooresville probably has 15, 20 years left of growth in it. And then it's going to start going to Troutman. It's already started moving up to Troutman. We only got so much land left. Yeah, we, we just got that to develop. Yeah, we just got that Publix up there and exactly. all that. You know, it. Publix doesn't just randomly put Publix places. No, they don't. <laughs> so they, they did some planning. Oh, yeah. Grocery stores are probably the most strategic about where they put um, they look at demographics. They look at um, you know income levels. If they there's look a at Starbucks numbers. somewhere, you're probably going to be in good shape. Exactly. So I see um, I see that exit 31 corridor being a, uh, a an employment hub yeah. for us. Um, it'll be I think that'll be our Valentine. Uh, what goes on down at exit 31? I will like be our that Valentine. comparison. Um, it'll be a lot of Class A office, um, a lot of good jobs, high paying jobs coming in there. Um, I think you'll probably at some point see Lowe's expanding a little bit, even though they're opening their new tech center down in Charlotte, uh, which makes total sense given the given you know the the people who do those jobs right. charlotte's a great right. location for tech but i think you'll s- hopefully see lowe's grow because it's an employment hub uh yeah. for us so i think you'll see a lot of growth there you're going to continue to see residential growth down the cottle creek area highway 115 area down presbyterian road um and then um you know up bridges farm and things like that and then 
pretty much after that, we're going to we're gonna be done. Yeah. Um, exit 38 will kick off a good little bit of growth. We'll see some more growth outside that. But then once that's done, Mooresville's going to be pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. And it, Ben talked about this back when he was running around with hair, driving that Jag <laughs> with the top down. He used to not be looked at very uh, – very well when he went up to Statesville. They're like, oh, you're from Mooresville? Like, uh. And now that's it's still the case. It's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> nothing's changed. <laughs> well, that's that's you, though. Oh, okay. But everyone else from Mooresville, like Mooresville's now kind of the the center of Iredell County when it used to be Statesville. Statesville's still mm-hmm. kind of like the faux capital, but Mooresville is now the, the large city. It's kind of like Charlotte and Raleigh. Exactly. You know, Charlotte has expanded past Raleigh, but Raleigh's still the state capital. And you want to know why it's so important for Mooresville citizens to get out and vote in their county elections. 70% of all of the tax revenue that comes into Iredell County is from South County, hmm. is from Mooresville. Troutman South is represents 70% of the tax base in Iredell County, yet not a single person, well, Tommy Bowles, but he's getting ready to, to <laughs> rotate off. Um, there's not a Morsel resident on the on the uh, county commission. And that's not to uh, detract anything from the gentlemen that are there now, but Morsel historically doesn't come out and vote in those kind of elections. And mm-hmm. so when you've got that much investment coming from your community, you need to be paying attention to where those dollars are going and how they're being spent. Um, because like you said, Statesville's still the county seat, um, but all the growth is here right, right now and all the tax revenue comes out of here. That's yeah, right. Great. It's not so the Tommy, capital. It's Tommy's the not. Uh, he's not going to run again. No, he he has indicated he's not running again. He's not one of the seven people that are running. And hopefully, I'm not outing him on that. But <laughs> but the, but the conversations okay. I've had and the other people. Well, I've don't worry. To, it's Tommy not like so eight people so on here. So we don't have anybody from the south end of the county. Uh, the first person to announce uh, that's from the south um, end of the county is a gentleman by the name of Ryan Pagarsh, um, and heavily involved in Exchange Club swim coach over at Lake Norman High School. I know um, Ben he's Thomas. The, he's the only uh, he's the only South County person currently that is announced for election. And all the other folks that are announced for uh, election or Troutman North. All right, Ben, here we go. Oh no, no I got too many skeletons. In my <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll be the folks. Oh, we got it. We need to encourage some more people to run. Yeah. Well, when, do you, they, when do they have to announce? Um, they can. Uh, filing filing starts in two weeks, first of December. So they don't have to announce until the day they go up and file. But, um, you know, if you're smart, you've already announced and started getting your name out there because nobody really pays attention to anything through Christmas. And then January, you've got Is that two like and a half at months. large, seven people at large, or is that districts? Um, it's at In large. We don't have county districts. Um, all, all the county officials are elected at large. And you can vote for three. When it comes time for your primary ballot, you'll vote for three. And on the general, you'll vote for three as well. All right, Ben. Who are you going to nominate? That's a secret. But I know you've Think got about that one. Yeah, I know you got some wheels turning. You're going to go tell people they need to go get on there. You got some buddies down here that probably should do it. Got to find some Republicans. Here. <laughs> you said you can't get elected unless you're Republican, huh? That's pretty much the case. Yeah, Maybe. or unless you're a Democrat with you know a couple hundred thousand dollars to spend on it. But I'm not sure a county race is worth that much. <laughs> <to you>. Or <laughs> a Democrat <laughs> in hiding. Awesome. Or well, a Democrat in hiding. <laughs> Well, David, I think this has been super, super educational. I Definitely, a ton. I, yeah. I like politics, yeah. and I'm interested. Some of the questions I asked were for Ryan's benefit. Thank you. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I didn't even know what questions. But I, I, asked. I learned a lot. So well, thank glad. you. Well, and a lot of times, a lot of times when 
we're in such a hyper-partisan world now with everything that goes on at the national and state level. When you say politics, people automatically think fighting, and they automatically think, you know, you go to your side, I go to my side. And it's so much more than that. At the local level, it's not that. I mean, our municipal elections aren't even partisan. Uh, they don't, you don't even have the uh, candidate's um, party affiliation on the ballot. Mm-hmm. It's really, when, you, when we talk politics, we're talking about those local governmental things, the things in government that impact your life. So pay attention to those things. You don't have to come out on one side or the other, but know the facts, understand what's going on in your community, because there's so much more that impacts than you think. And a lot of times people don't begin getting involved or listening until something's happening they're mad about. And mm-hmm. then and by the time they realize they're mad about it, it's probably too late to stop mm-hmm. the train. It was rolling a long time before they got there. So that's why I'm so passionate about it because I try to stay involved in these things and understand what's going on and, you know, evangelize for it. Yeah. But get involved in your, in I your, mean, it's, in your it's politics. I mean, it's just what right. we try and do as, as, you know, a law firm with our marketing. It's just education. You know, people just don't know what they don't know. So Absolutely. the more education you can get out there so they can make informed Form decisions. That's what we want to do. Absolutely. That's why you we have this podcast. You do a great job of it. I enjoy your podcast. They're great. Well, we appreciate that. And guys, except the Chris Carney one, that was a little dull. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll probably delete that <laughs> one. Spice him up. <laughs> awesome. Well, David, we appreciate you coming out, and we will see you guys next time on the Welcome Home Lake Norman podcast. Thank y'all. Thanks for listening to the Welcome Home Lake Norman podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, make sure you give us a review on iTunes. It just helps us be seen by more people. Also, share it with your friends and let everyone know what we're doing over here in the Lake Norman area. We will see you guys on the next episode.